Thank you for joining us on our Living Word Christian Center podcast. You're about to listen to one of our guest speakers. Open up your hearts and get ready to receive a word from the Lord. surgery but they took the heart out repaired it and they'd stick it back in and zip you up and then they say you're gone in four days and you have to go home and recover but um, the reason why I recover is because of your prayers and I thank you for that so much I need for you to stand because it's only been one week after the physical the real physical Pentecost of the Jewish people And you relate to that because in the New Covenant on the day of Pentecost, 1,400 years after the first Pentecost at Mount Sinai, and then 1,400 years later, you have the Pentecost where 120 Jews were filled with the presence of God, and you're going to learn what that is. Um, But you wouldn't be here if the presence of God has not filled you as he did 120 Jews 2,000 years ago. Think about that. Here you are grafted into the covenant of Abraham. So I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm a child of Abraham. I've been grafted in. And I know who I am. A lot of people in this world don't know who they are. You walk around, do you know who you are? No, I don't know who I am, you know. You know. Old Jewish men that are in their 80s and 90s, and you ask them, you know who you are? They go, I don't want to know who I am, you know. But when you are a child of Abraham, filled, not topped off, not uh, uh, halfway, you are filled to, the scripture says, overflowing with new wine, not old wine, but fresh new wine. And you've ever had most bags when they have old wine in old wine skin, it becomes vinegar. So that's a real, that's a message in and of itself. Could you be uh, the encapsulant of, of new wine, but you taste like vinegar to people? In Pentecost, you're supposed to be new wine. The Jews are to be new wine to each other. During Pentecost, a week and a half ago or so, Jews were all over in Jerusalem, were dancing in the streets. One in, Jer- in Tel Aviv, 75,000 Jews were dancing during Pentecost. So on Pentecost, it's okay to dance. On Pentecost, come on. On Pentecost, it's okay to dance in your house, to dance in the backyard, to dance and have good good. Worship music like what you heard. Man, if I had a worship team like you guys had, boy, I'd be dancing all over the place. You got an exquisite worship team. You got to come to my house sometime. I live in a senior citizen community. Can you imagine having your worship, worship team over at my small house? <laughs> There'd be a lot of heart attacks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> On behalf of the people of Israel, Jerusalem, 
Uh, we want to let you know that even though there are times when people, we need to send our Air Force and our Army to protect our borders, uh, folks, we're a prophecy fulfilled. We're not going anywhere. We're staying. We're staying right there. Our best friends are born-again Christians. You're our best friends. I don't care what the United States says and what our current government says and all the people around the world and all the people that we know and we love and we respect. But really, people like you are the ones that we say, come on over as soon as you can. We'll feed you. Because feeding, you know, we're like, can I say this? When I was in Israel, I was in Tel Aviv, and then I went to Jerusalem, and I went, and we were going to get something to eat. I went, tortillas? No. And down the place, she was about that big from a distance, she had this big metal thing that you cook on, and I went, a Mexican lady here? I wonder where I got, como esta? She goes, bien, y tú? I said, she goes, oh, I'm judío. I'm a Mexican Jew, and I immigrated here to Jerusalem, and now I'm making lots of money. <laughs> she goes, the Israelis, the Jews here, they love Mexican food. She goes, man, and she had a line that went all the way around. She had a big line of people went around the buildings. Well, that made me dizzy. I mean, they were long, all the way around the building. And all, I, I would come up to people and go, where are you going? We're going to the place where it smells so good. I said, you know what that is? She goes, yeah, that's that Mexican Jewish lady. She has all kinds of Mexican food. She had enchiladas and tacos and burritos. And she, oh, man. And she, she was Jewish. She was a citizen of Israel. Isn't that something? Israel's your second home. That's where you belong. One day the Messiah will come and rule and reign from Jerusalem. And we know his name. Yeshua ben David. Say that. Yeshua, Yeshua ben David. David. Jesus, son of David. Amen. And so I want you to say this after me. You are the Holy One. Highly exalted one. We've come to worship at your holy hill. You are the Holy One, highly exalted one. Now, this is the hard part. And we surrender <laughs> to your sovereign will. That's the hard part. If you're a child of Abraham, you're going to have your wilderness experience too. But you can say, I surrender to your sovereign will. And when you look up, you should smile because it's okay to submit to his will. You're going to be a lot better off when you do. So, Mr. Soundman, we're going to sing a song. And I want you to sing with me as we sing the chorus, all right? And if you know the song, please sing with me. Are you ready, church? Know the song. You're 
children of Abraham. Messiah is coming as surely as you're alive. He is coming. Yes. Yeah,
<laughs> Amen. Say this after me. I'm redeemed. <laughs> I'm restored. I'm liberated. I've been healed by the blood of the Messiah. I'm a citizen in his kingdom. Though all things fade away, he remains. And I'm going to him. Heaven is real. More real than this place. Because of his goodness and mercy. Amen. Look at your neighbor before you sit down and say, I'm a child of Abraham. Go ahead and be seated. Many years ago, I was engaged to be, to be married. And really, there was really no song that could satisfy me after she passed away in a car accident. It was decades and decades ago. But then I heard this song. And I realized the only person who could take away the pain of being eight weeks away from marriage. They found nothing left of her and her friends. The whole car just blew up, burned up. Now, this happened a long time ago, and of course I've recovered. But I needed a song to release that out of my heart. And the song is called, I'm Free. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm free. <laughs> you can't smile when you go through some tough time like that. You can't smile unless the Lord's going, I'm going to remove the sting of death. And I'm going to infill you and I'm going to teach you my ways. Only the Lord can do that. Amen. That was a hint. Is he misbehaving? Yes or no? No? Well, we're going to have to wait till next time, okay? Well, that's okay. That's all right. We'll figure something out, okay? So with that said, didn't you like that song? So with that, I want you to say the word Sha-vu-ot. Sha-vu-ot. Sha-vu-ot means weeks. Sha-vu-ot means weeks. And Passover was a number of months ago. And from the day of Passover, we still keep the same tradition. From the day of Passover, we wait 50 days. And so when the Jewish people would go to Jerusalem, they would wait. They would stay. They stay. There's no point leaving. So they would just stay in Jerusalem. When you read the New Covenant documents, you know, the same Jews who celebrated Passover would wait till Pentecost. There would be no reason to leave. I mean, it's a lot. People had to walk. Remember, they took camels and sheep and horses. But, you know, but they didn't have cars and the things that we have today. So people had to walk. So it took a while to get, you know, from maybe over here to go all the way over here. And here's the Mediterranean lake in between. So, I mean, it, and, and plus it was always difficult because you didn't know if there were bandits. 
people who'd like to rob you along the way. So it was, you were quite exposed. You didn't have little hotels to stay in. You didn't have police cars roaming through the night. You didn't have any of those things. You know, you were on your own. So when you finally arrived at Jerusalem, you were relieved to get there. And so they would have Pentecost, excuse me, Passover, and then festival, first fruits, festival of unleavened bread, because for a whole week we ate unleavened bread. And uh, that's all part of the, you just read your old covenant and you can read, talk, read about why we had unleavened bread and leaving Egypt in haste. And after that, we went ahead and just um, uh, would wait until Pentecost. And then Pentecost would show up 50 days later. And on the 49th day, we would gather together and celebrate in anticipation of Pentecost. Now, our synagogue had that. We had our, you know, last week we had our, our Pentecost service. What a great time. And it's tradition now in Judaism around the world to have sweet things during Pentecost. And so we had a lot of cheesecake. <laughs> a lot of cheesecake. Chocolate cheesecake. You know what I'm talking about. So we gained a few pounds, you know, and we had a great time. And you do that with wearing white and bright colors to re remember the Lord's provision for us during Pentecost. It's also an agricultural day where we remember the Lord's provision during this time. And so what you're going to learn today is that what happened during the first Pentecost, 50 days after they left Egypt, they ended up at Sinai. And while they were there waiting for the commandments, Moses went up, received the, the Ten Commandments, and he, they came back down, and of course our people rebelled and did a lot of foolish things. And this is the first time we ever heard of the word syncretism. Say that, sin. Come on now, syncretism. Syncretism is when you take, um, let's just say we believe in the one true God. He's here, amen. We believe in him, but you have some kind of a figure and you say, well, we still believe in the same God, but we have this figure here. And so we pray to the figure, and God will answer us. Because we, have to, we don't have enough faith to believe that he's here, the unseen God. So we have to have an object. Now, that happens all around the world today. People believe in all kinds of idolatry. And no, I'm not going to any particular church or denomination or anything like that. I'm not here to talk about that. But I am talking about syncretism is practiced around the world, and it's so easy to practice it. You can do it in your own house. You can have some form of idolatrous practice and say, well, I believe in the Lord, but I, I, I really need this. I, I, I need this. And so you can actually practice syncretism and commit idolatry by replacing the Lord. It's awfully quiet in God's house. It's awfully, awfully quiet. And the reason why is because when Moses came down, the Lord says, go down because I see things are happening. And him and, of course, Aaron, Aaron, they went down and they saw the practice that part of the people had have already been committing idolatrous acts. And so we're going to learn a few things through the scriptures about what was taking place and how you are going to relate to that, how you're going to relate to it. And it's important that you relate to this. Now, 
it's important that we understand what the reversal of Babel is. And so if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 1. Okay? Genesis 1.1. 1, 1, okay? Okay, Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. You have your Bible? Say yes. Yeah. Well, you really said that loud back there, didn't you? Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. Okay? And Genesis 1.1 is talking about the time of the reversal of Babel. And in the beginning, it says, in the beginning, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, Hashem, we don't say G-O-D, so forgive me. If, you say, if I say Hashem, that means the name, which means G-O-D to you. In the beginning, Hashem created the heavens and the earth. Stop. Did you know in the Hebrew that it doesn't say that? In the ancient Hebrew, one of the translations is, in the beginning, the Lord continues to create heavens and earth. When the scripture says we worship the creator, amen? Come on, are you out there? Oh, there you are. Okay. We worship the creator, amen? He is the Lord of heaven and the Lord of earth. But here's the thing. Just because he created you and he created this universe, because he created uh, the earth and the planets and so forth, you think that, well, I'm done, I'm finished, uh, I'm going to rest. Well, folks, the actual Hebrew doesn't say that. He's, he's the creator. He can continue to create as many universes as he wants. He can continue to create as many creatures as he wants. He can con- He's not done creating. He's still doing it. Just because he finished with this universe doesn't mean he can't continue to create. So isn't that interesting that we look at the English and go, he created the heavens and earth. Isn't that nice? No, folks. He continues to create because he is the creator. He can do what he wants, when he wants, where he wants. So isn't that wonderful that you have a Lord that continues to practice making creation? Maybe not in this universe. Can you imagine one of these days when we stand before him, we're going to see things we've never thought we'd ever see before? Imagine this. See all the, look around you and look at all the colors. Do you imagine going before the Lord and seeing colors you've never seen before? Can you imagine? I look at all the worship team. They all have their own special clothing and the... You know, they're beautiful and nice shirts, the ladies' dresses and everything, the slacks and everything. But can you imagine them wearing clothes you've never seen before? That is because the Lord loves to create. He loves to create. And so he, the whole fact of this in chapter 1, 1 through 5, 9, and I want you to go all the way to chapter 5, verse 9. Go all the way to... The 5, verse 9, verse 9. He also, if you look, it says, Enosh lived 90 years and begot Canaan. And you have a whole list of people here. People lived longer thousands of years ago. We live, what, 70, 80 years if we're fortunate. But then you could live hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and that was considered normal. That's because the Lord knows what he's doing. 
The original name of the people of Israel, a people of Israel, when God created the people of Israel, he started with who? Started with Avram, say that Avram. And Sarah, Sarai, Sarai, Avram and Sarai. Sarah is is her second name is Jerusalem. Because in Abraham's tent, she's the one that made the dough. They had a lot of servants, and she, but she made her own dough. They also had a special light that was always lit at all times. Wherever they traveled, that, li- that light stayed lit. And so we have this story that both of these people lived long and old ages. But the scripture tells us that she was literally, she made the tent the house, more than a house, it was a home. And when people came by to visit, they knew that Sarah would have the best pita bread anywhere. Everybody knew she made the best bread. It's like going to somebody's house in your neighborhood, and you know there's no better tortillas than sister sons who makes. You know what I'm saying? She made the best. And both of them are the spiritual fathers and mother of all of you. Because if you say you're a child of Abraham by faith grafted in, that means that Sarah was also the mother figure. How many know, gentlemen, even though this is Father's Day, that without mama, without having women, there ain't no church? How many know that? Guys, you better be listening. You better behave yourself this day. Because this is a special day for you, but don't blow it. Okay. The original name, if you go 1,400 years in the future, you have what? Jerusalem, Pentecost again. Now, I want to explain this to you for the sake of time. That the scripture tells us that when they were rebelling and they were down there and they were feasting and even killing people for idolatrous practices, that Moses saw what was happening, the Lord saw what was happening. And the Levites, he says, who is for the Lord? Come to this side. Who is for not against the Lord? Go to this side. And the scripture says that the Levites primarily, the Levites and priests, those who served in the the tabernacle, went before the Lord and stood before Moses. And he goes, kill them. The Lord says, kill them all because they're idolatries. Things were different then, folks. Be able to listen. So they went out with their shields and swords and they killed their neighbors and their family and those who they knew who had committed idolatry before the Lord. 3,000 put to death. Okay? You got that number? Say 3,000. Okay. If you go to the new covenant, something remarkable takes place. And I want you to turn to Acts chapter 2. Come on. Acts chapter 2. Okay, you there yet? Come on. Acts chapter 2. Now this is important that you understand that the Jewish people during the first Pentecost, when they left, they took their Pentecostal experience, their experience with them. And they immediately went into the wilderness because of their bad behavior. They were still God's people. Amen. Come on, look at me. They're still God's people, but God's going to teach them how to be God's people. 
Just because you have had an Pentecostal and infilling of the presence of God in this church does not mean that you're not going to go through your wilderness experience from day to day. You may say, I don't want to hear that. Well, I don't want to either. But there's not one person in this room who doesn't go through tough times. That's your wilderness experience. Why? Because the Lord is testing you. He's tempering you. He wants you to make, he wants you to be a good, solid witness to your neighbor. And you can't be a good neighbor if you're doing this. I'm always so happy. That's not reality. That's not reality. What's reality is that when you go through tough times, tough times, but you're solid, godly people. And you can look to the Lord and say, I, I didn't expect this to happen. I didn't expect this to go on, but oh, how I thank you and worship you and praise you through I'm going through this wilderness experience. The wilderness experience only lasted a certain time, and I came into the promised land. Amen? So you're going to go through tough times. I'm going to tell you right now, each one of us goes through tough times. But there's a time when testing turns into victory. 86%, 86% of the world's population that receives the Lord, Jew or Gentile, the Jews, it's a different plan, and God shows them through the Torah and through the prophets and writings, and and you have to spend time with each Jew to go over this because we already know the scriptures. But every non-Jew who comes to saving faith in the Messiah... (laughs) is because someone sat down with that person and said, let's have a cup of coffee. I want to answer your question why I am doing so good, even though I'm going through tough times. I am so happy and so full of joy. 86% of people who come to saving faith by grace comes into that faith, comes into knowing Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, because of you sharing the faith inside of you. You know, people can't see the righteousness of God in you unless, listen carefully, you live a holy lifestyle. When you live in holiness, living in righteousness, and you, your scripture says for us to live in righteous lifestyle, the, the only way people can see the righteousness of God is when, they see, when you've changed Your activities have changed. The way you act have changed. You're no longer cussing and swearing and misbehaving and doing all the things that we go, oh, because the Lord begins to clean you out inside. You don't need this. Well, wait a minute. No, you don't need it. No, you don't need that either. You know, you don't need this. But but, but wait a minute. I've had it all. That's right. You've had a long time. Well, you don't need it no more because you have me. You have me. And so we begin to change. Isn't it wonderful that when someone comes into this church or other people go to different churches, you go, by the way, you know, I, I know you shared with me all those stuff and everything. I know it's taken three or four months, but I went to that church down the street. Oh, you did, did you? And one part of you is going, oh, that's wonderful. And the other side is going, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because you're so grateful because your prayers have been answered. So when you pray, when you seek the Lord, when you begin to pray and ask him, Oh God, fill me anew as you did at Pentecost. 
And you begin to empty yourself because we don't want to see you. We want to see the Lord. And the less we see of you and the more we see of the Lord, the more people are prone to change and to trust the God that's in you, the Lord that's in you, because we, don't, we see less of you. Now, we know your name. We know who you are. We know who you are. But there's something about the Pentecost experience because the Lord not only fulfilled Pentecost, he completed it after 1,400 years to the day. 1,400 years before, at Mount Sinai, 3,000 Jews died because of idolatrous practice. But here we have a different thing going on. So look at chapter 2, verse 1, and it says, Now when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord, in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven, a rushing mighty wind, filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, house and dwelling is the same term as you would get as booth or a large dwelling house. The Jews were not allowed to gather any more than 25 people because of the Rome put a uh, these laws that says, we're, we're afraid of you that you might rebel. So the Jews on Pentecost were allowed to gather in large mass. And so when they did that, they went in, the Holy Spirit filled these 120 Jews and filled one of the rooms that were at the great temple where they were sitting. There appeared to them divided tongues of fire and one sat on each one of them. Now, when the scripture says that the Lord revealed himself to the people of Israel and the fire licked the mountain and the fire spoke from the mountain, the word fire in Hebrew is, say this, ash. Ash means fire or tongues of fire. Isn't that something? Same word. So when you go back come to the forward, 1,400 years, we're looking at the same. It says divided tongues of ash. Or Torah, the fire of God's law, the fire of God's word, filled these 120 Jews. Now, these Jews were all Orthodox, but they have not had been in a completed faith. That's why people say, are you a completed Jew? I can say, absolutely. Because my faith has been completed through Jesus of Nazareth, Yeshua. He is, he is the one and only Messiah. He had, the Bible says he is the word made, made what, flesh? Well, it's actually a wrong translation. And the Hebrew says, he is the Torah, Torah made human. Don't you love that word better? He is the, the law. He is the word of God made human for us. And he perfected it in perfection. And they all were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, or the spirit of holiness. And they began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. Now, when you go all through here, you'll see at the bottom of the page all these different nations that were representative. Now remember, Jews were required to come to Passover and Pentecost. They were required to go. When they did, these Jews spoke in the language which they came. If, if a Russian Jew came here, he would speak not only Hebrew, but he would speak what? Russian, French, English, Spanish. All around the world, they would speak these different languages. So in the same thing was here. Peter stands up and says, men and brethren, lend me your ear. And he began to speak in what language he, they, all the Jews knew, Hebrew. 
And the scripture goes on to say, and for the sake of time, we're just going to speed this up a little quick, that he began to give the first message of Pentecost. And the Bible says that, that the Jews who were listening were cut to the heart and said, what must we do? And he said, repent. Repent. Teshuva. I want you to say that. Teshuva. Teshuva means not only to repent of your sins and turn to God, but it means I'm going to turn to God and I'm going to obey his wishes. I'm going to do what he says. It's not enough to just say, okay, I'm turning to you, Lord, but then you leave all your sins on the table. Scripture says you're to repent of your sins and repeat them no longer. And to come before. And the scripture says the, 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 the uh, 3,000 of these Jews at the Temple Mount were listening and were filled with the presence of God. And they began to receive the message that Yeshua, Jesus, was the Messiah that we've been waiting for. And that message has went around the world. But the 3,000 Jews were saved on this day. How many died 1,400 years before? 3,000. But the fulfillment is that now Jews were going to be saved, not put to death because of idolatry. Many of these Jews believed in the law, but they didn't have their faith completed through Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth. Can you imagine what this means? And they had, and, we, and there's no mention of Gentiles here. There's no mention that there were no Gentile Christians there. There was nothing here. The Jews not only were going to be saved, and many of the believing and it grew. The Nazarene sect, Nazarene, Nazarim in Hebrew, the Nazarene sect began to grow. And as they grew, they began to mature through the new covenant documents that were going to be later put on. But they began to understand what the Torah meant and Yeshua and the teachings of Yeshua. And all that took place. But there was going to be a 10-year period where God was going to mature these Jewish believers. And then we have a record that in chapter 10, Cornelius and his household began to experience the love of God. And Peter was sent, and they began to hear the word of God. And the scripture says that God's people, the Gentiles, were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with tongues, spoke with tongues, and became believers in the Lord. But the believers, in the, in the, the Jewish believers, had to wait 10 years so that they can grow up. Again, the reason why a lot of times you don't get what you want because God wants to grow you up. He wants to grow you up so that you won't do something foolish what God wants to give you in the future. God has a plan for you. God has things for you. God has things for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are wondrous things that God's going to do in this church. You have no idea what he's going to do with this church. You haven't the clue. You think this is nice? This is nothing compared to what he's going to do in the future. Because if you remain... Amen. If you remain faithful, if you remain faithful, if you go through your trials and tribulation and instead of grumbling and complaining like my people, don't take that example. Take the example of saying, Hallelujah! I'm going through trials and I'm being filled with the presence of God and I'm going to go through this situation and I'm going to keep my hands lifted up. You don't, devil, you don't put those hands down. I'm keeping them up. They're staying up. I want to know the Lord through my difficulties as well as the blessings that come. And so the early church began with Jew and Gentile like worshiping that. And finally, they began to have love feasts. Jew, can you imagine? 
2,000 years ago. Jew and Christian, Gentile believers looking at each other going, you do, your name is what? Your name is, you know, Apostolus? What's your name? Judah. And without worrying about it, careful, Jews didn't touch Gentiles. They could come up to the Gentiles and say, oh, <laughs> you're my brother. We're one together, Jew and Gentile. And God started with the new community. The new community. Can you say this? Ha-darek. Ha-darek means followers of the way. Did you know you're a follower of the way? Okay. Now, I want you to look at me. Look at me. We're only here for a short while. You have the opportunity to have Pentecost every day. You can have a Pentecostal experience every day. You can, you're going to go through difficult and trialist times, whether you like it or not. This, this is the world we live in. But the difference between them out there and you in here is that you have the answer to life. He's living inside your heart. You have the answer. You have the answer. My challenge to you is this. Will you be that example? Will you walk in here and enjoy the music and Pastor Reina and the church and your friends walk home and remain commitless or will you make a fresh commitment today and receive the benefit of a completion of your faith, having your Pentecost fulfilled through Jesus the Messiah that Jew and Gentile can worship together as one. With every head bowed and every eye closed, Pastor, would you come? This is your experience. This is your opportunity. You can have a fresh, new commitment today. This can be your Pentecost today and every single day. That you may wake up in the morning and go on, I'm having the same situation, I'm having the same trials, but oh, he loves me. Oh, how he cares for me. Oh, he's going to fill me anew with the freshness and a blessing of Pentecost. He can do it. Keep your head, every head bowed and every eye closed. Pastor Heavenly Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your love, your mercy. I thank you for your kindness. I thank you that you allowed us to live. But I want to thank you, Lord, that you're here today and that you love us and that you created us, but you created us for yourself. In the name of Jesus, I just pray for the, your love just to spread throughout the congregation, throughout the people that are outside. I just pray that you will begin to touch them, release the power of your glory upon them, Father. In the name of Jesus, those that are heavy-hearted, those that are lost, O oh God, those that don't know you but want to know you. That's the reason why they're here. And I pray right now that you will touch them, release your presence in the name 
of Jesus, oh God. Right now, just stand with me, would you please? And uh, I want those believers just to stand up and just lift up your hands, would, would you? Lift them up both, both hands up in the air. And, and those that are outside, I want you to say a prayer with me. And those that are inside, maybe perhaps you've never been touched by God. But today, with your hands up, you're surrendering, you're believing God, that God's going to do a miracle. This is your day that the Lord has made. Say these words with me. Say, Jesus, save me. Forgive me of my sins. Right now, I give you my life. And Lord, I ask you to come and fill my life with your presence in the name of Jesus. Who the Son sets free, he is free indeed. And I thank you right now for saving my life in Jesus' name. Now, would you just praise him? Come on with your voices.